sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. What is life all about? Really? As I was praying last evening and even this morning, actually I was still in bed, and before I got up a little earlier this morning, I felt the Lord gave me a message for you all here. And sometimes I wonder, because now as I sit here this morning, I feel another message or point that I could maybe make. And maybe I'll try to do both, we'll see. The question is, what is life about? We have our physical things to deal with, these natural things. We make a living. We feed ourselves. We clothe ourselves. We teach our children and all those things. They're all right, good. That's what, that's what life is about. But underlying all of that, why am I here? Before you were ever married or before you were ever a farmer or a cabinet maker, whatever you were, before you were all that, you were born. You were given life. And that, the, the fact that you were given life was not accidental. God was in that. <clears throat> and when he looked down at that little baby one day, and we were all there one day, he looked down at that little baby and he had a purpose for that life. The, the overriding plan that God had is not necessarily what you're doing with your life, how you're living your life today. Some of us do this and some of us do that. That's not God's... We, we realize that, that, that God has a plan for all of us. But I want to look at underneath of all of that. The reason life was given to you. And I'm going to tell you what it is, and you know what it is already, but I'm going to tell you what it is. As you approach life, as you were given birth there, you didn't know this, but at some point in life, at some point as you grew, you would realize there's something more to this than just me. You're going to come up against a great wall, and written all over that wall is, this is what life is about. And on that wall, I should say in that wall, down here at the very bottom, 
is a little door. It's real small. That wall called life, we need to go through that, through that wall. We need to go through life. We need to get in life. Down there at the bottom is a very little door. You've been given instruction as you begin to realize what life is about, as you begin to grow and you begin to mature, you begin, you've been given instruction that life is about serving the Lord. We all know that. Everybody in this room has been given that, that command, has been given that. They know that. There are, many, there are people out there, many people out there who don't know that, but we do. <clears throat> this wall of life, this thing we're going to go through... We're going to go through this little door here, and that door, the, the reason we're going through that door is because we want to do what, what the original plan is for us. It's not, we're not, God didn't design us to just stand right here and just look at life. You can't do that. You have to go through that little door down there in the bottom. That little door is what God wants us to do because that little door is what, uh, it, it, it is serving Him. It is giving our life for Him. We're here this morning. I am in Iowa at Zion Christian Fellowship this morning because God wants me to be here. You are here because God wants you to be here. God has a plan for this. And we're going to go through that little door. All of us are. It's not like we are, we are suddenly, we don't, we, it's not like we have, uh, about, life is about getting what I want. That's not what life is about. Life is about our Lord Jesus. Timothy tells Paul, or Paul tells Timothy, excuse me, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, immortal, he never dies, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what life is about. It is serving Him. And, and I, I just want to emphasize and, and maybe bring our minds to focus a bit. We go through life, we have situations. We have situations right here at Zion Christian Fellowship. We all know them. We all know we're working through things. We all know that's why we're here. That's not an incident in life that we, we want to try to get around and get away from. It's, it's, we're here because it's part of life. It's part of life. And how we walk through that, how we walk through that little door. And that little door is little, and you know, you know the allegory. That little door is little because all you can get through that little door is just yourself. You can't take your pride, your reputation, or anything, or your wants and your desires. You can't do that. You have to reduce yourself down and say, Lord, it's just me. And I am got to go through that little door. And that's what we're doing here. Uh, we as a church, we're going through that little door. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it scrapes. Sometimes it takes things off of us that, that we don't want to be taken off. That we think it ought to be done different. But we have to go through that little door. And that's not because it's not a punishment that God gives us. 
It's a privilege and a liberty that God gives us to go through that little door. And on the other side of life, on the other side of life is God. It's where we're going. It's heaven. But going through that little door. Life is not about Brother Randall hauling manure. It's something we do. It's not about windows, Brother Earl, Brother Clinton, and everything the rest of you do. It's not about selling feed. That's just something we do. But that's not what life is about. The, 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 very, the very purpose, why I am here, is about my Lord Jesus. It's about God Almighty. It's about doing His will. It's about Lord saying, Lord, um, I'm here. What do you want me to do? That's serving. How can I give you what you want? How can I do what you ask? What can I do that is what you want me to do? What is it? It is about serving the Lord Jesus. It's not about us receiving from Him. He does that. But that's not why we're here. He does that because that's his prerogative. But we, from our perspective, we're here. We're saying, Lord, how can I serve you? How can I give myself to you? How can I humble myself to make me a better servant to you? How can I be a better servant and, and how can I help my fellow man, your brothers and sisters, my brothers? How can I do that? That's what life is about. Life is about humbling ourselves and taking that, that, that ugly thing called pride and stuffing it away, throwing it away, repenting of it, getting rid of it, and going through the little door. You can't take pride through the little door. You can't take your looks through the little door. You're going through that door just with your own, just your bare self. I don't know how to say it. That little door, that little door down here is a little door that God designed For us to walk through to get to the other side. But we have to go through the little door. And it's all about walking through that door. The purpose of life is Jesus Christ. It's about God Almighty. The King, eternal, immortal, invisible. All wise. Forever and ever. Amen. That's what life is about. That is paramount in our life. Sure, we have things to take care of, and we have feelings, and sometimes they get hurt, and sometimes we, we, even, we even do things we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. We do. Amen. And, but God always gives us a way to get through that little door. And that little door is not a one-time thing. That little door is not just when you get born again. That little door is there all the time. I cannot get through that door. Now I can have what I want. Now I can, now I can uphold, keep my reputation. Now I can have some pride. No, that little door is every day, every situation. I go through that little door. How can I serve you better, Lord? Lord. <clears throat> 
I saw a, a plaque the other day. Well, I've seen it several times, but I've seen it, and I've seen it in a couple of different homes. I know I've seen it in one that says, Thankfulness is turning what I have into enough. I think I'm going to go here. I'm going to try to do this quickly. I found in the scriptures where the Lord told John to write something to seven different churches. I found that this morning. And I looked at those things and this is what I felt the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was laying in bed thinking and praying about what I should speak about this morning. And he said, I felt like he was saying, there are seven marks of a true Christian church. And I felt like he told me to go to the seven churches in Asia there that John wrote to and and see what he said about them. Now, there could be others, too. He was writing to those seven churches, and I suppose if he could write to seven more, there might have been seven other different things he could have said to those churches. But he said there's seven seven things that a true Christian church has. So I went to those things, to that place. These churches had problems. We all know that. Church of Philadelphia, maybe we don't see too many there, and maybe there's another, and I forget which one it was. I'm not sure who it was. Didn't have so many, but... They all had problems. <clears throat> but we're not going to focus on those problems. Not, not going to look at those problems. We're going to look at what he commended them for. These things Jesus obviously saw was a, a, um, a, uh, <clears throat> something he could uh, commend. <clears throat> Real quickly. <clears throat> at the church at Ephesus, you may turn there if you'd like. <clears throat> The church at Ephesus. One of the things he said was he said, How thou canst not bear them which are evil. One of the things he said about a church was he said, We don't tolerate evil and wickedness in our church. It's not right. It's not because we're mad at it, it's because it's not allowed. It's not allowed. It's because this is the church of God. And he said. You cannot bear them which are evil. You cannot hold them. You cannot uphold them. You have to do something with them. You cannot let evil in the church. Now I'm not going to talk about. There's all kinds of ways to deal with all that. I'm not talking about. I'm going to talk about that. But I'm just simply saying. This is one of the marks. Of a Christian church. Jesus rec- recognized that, that, that group of people down there as part of his church. So he said, this is one thing I see about you that I want you to tell them. He told John, and I want you to tell them that, that I appreciate what they're doing. I, I love what they're doing. I commend them for what they're doing. They cannot bear them which are evil. <clears throat> Go on. Church at Smyrna. The church at Smyrna, he said, he said, this is one aspect of the church. He said, 
I know thy works. And by the way, they, he said this about every single church in there. In those seven churches, Jesus said this about every one of them. He said, I know thy works. I know what you're doing. He knows what's going on here. He knows what you're doing. There should be a lot more said here. I need to go through this quicker, quickly. But he said, they are tried. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. <clears throat> I know thy works. And tribulation and poverty. And he says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. He said, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. You may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days. He said, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. One of the marks of a true Christian church here, as he says it here, is that you will be tried and you will suffer. Now, you, obviously none of us are in prison and there's nobody among us that's in prison. None of us are being persecuted for what, we, for what we believe. None of that. But because we're being tried, the devil is trying to destroy us. And he says, that's the mark of a Christian church. The devil trying to destroy the church is a mark of a true Christian church. Some of these things we're, we're working through. You know all, all the things you're working through. It's the mark of a Christian church. Now, we, you might say, no, Brother Mark, I, these things shouldn't be here. <clears throat> it's because you are willing to work through you're willing to suffer through. You're willing to, to, to continue through. It's what makes you a Christian church. You're not hopeless. You are actually proving that you're a Christian church. You're a church. And I know you know that. <clears throat> Pergamus, he says, Thou hold, that they hold fast his name. And hath not denied his faith or his ways. Hold on. Hold on. Don't let things slip away. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> In there he says. Thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Hold on. Thyatira. <clears throat> in, in Pergamos, they were holding fast his name and not denying his faith. They were doing a lot the same thing at Thyatira. He says, we are, they, they said, I know thy works and charity and service and faith and patience and thy works. He says, I know them. I know what you're doing. Keep doing it. <clears throat> and then later on he says, but that which you have already, hold fast till I come. Hold fast, brothers and sisters, hold fast. This is not about, ah, I, I can't take this anymore, I'm out of here. It's not about, it's not about, the, it's about holding fast. It's about setting your anchor on Jesus Christ and saying, this is where I will stand and I will not be moved. 
This is my place. This is safe. Hold fast. Hold fast. It's not about, okay, I'm going to, I think I'm going to find a better place to go. There's surely some place more comfortable than this. And surely there has to be. There's something wrong here. <clears throat> I'm saying to you, brothers what, and sisters, what, God, what Jesus says to the church of Pergamum, I say to you, hold fast. Hold fast. <clears throat> In Sardis, he says, there are a few names that have not defiled their garments. He commends them for this. I'm going to dare say there's more than a few names here. There's a lot of names here. Don't let anything defile your garments. You've gone through that little door. You've stripped yourself of all those things. You do that continually. Don't, 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 that the next time you have that door to go through, don't bring on something that you can't get through with it. There's more than a few names here that have not defiled their garments. I'm sure of that. I know that. But it's important that we keep it that way. Number six, Philadelphia. He had a lot of good things before to say about them. He says about those, he says, I will. He says in verse 9, he says, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews or not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship at thy feet to know that I have loved thee. Okay, our goal is not to have people worship at our feet. Our goal is to know that he has loved us. Whatever he wants to do with that, to know that he has loved us. Let me go on here. He says... The, the biggest thing I took out of this was there in verse 8, he says, And has kept my word. And because of that, he set before them an open door. He's always available. That's the mark of a true church. What we have here is a church that, is set, that has set, been set before you, I believe, an open door. He's available. You walk through it. <clears throat> then the church at Laodicea we all know that one that's called the lukewarm church we know that but he says a mark of the true church is this and this is probably one of the hardest things but it's also one of the most precious things that God can do he says as many as I love I rebuke and chasten he rebukes them he chastens them he says I would, you're lukewarm. He said, you're halfway. I want you one way or the other. I don't want you to just be halfway. I don't want you to put, I want you to put your heart into this thing. <clears throat> but he said, they weren't doing that. Now, is the Lord rebuking and chastening this church? I'll just say it this way. If he is, It's because he loves you. And it's the mark of one of his churches. I I want you to understand me. It's so, communication is such a delicate thing, my oh my. (laughs) So delicate. 
I may know what I mean and, and think I'm saying what I mean, but you may take it another way. That's so delicate. So I just want to be sure I'm understood here. I am not saying at all that this church deserves to be rebuked and chastened. I'm saying God loves this church. And if there's any rebuking, any chasing that needs to be done here, it's because he loves you. It's because you're a true church. Go out there and look at some of those churches that everything goes smooth. And all they can see is how God is working in them. And they don't even, they don't even, I don't know how to say it all. I'm looking at us. Let's look at us. If the Lord is rebuking and chastening you, it's because he sees you are a true church. He's, he's writing a letter to you because he loves you. <clears throat> and he says <clears throat> to that church at Laodicea, he says, be zealous, therefore. Because if there's something I need to rebuke or chasten you for, if you're half-hearted and halfway in your life or in your church, and, and the Lord is rebuking you and saying there's something wrong here, if that's the case, he says, be zealous. Because I'm doing this, be zealous. <clears throat> and he says, repent. <clears throat> I, I, need to, I need to be done here. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just stop there. <clears throat> I want you to know, and God wants you to know, that this church is a true church. It is. And there are many other true churches, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> We're not the only one by any means. <clears throat> but this church. <clears throat> I told the brothers last night. And I don't, I, I'll just say it. I told the brothers last night. <clears throat> to be honest with you all, I admit I get tired. I get tired. When I think of Zion, what we're working through, I'll be honest, I get tired sometimes. But I think it's true. Every time I come out here, I am inspired. I look into your faces and I see sincerity. I see a heart that wants to walk with God. I see a church that is being tried, but it's the, the reason it is because it's a true church. This church, by God's grace, will prevail. He promises it. The very gates of hell will not prevail against this church as, we, as long as we remain a true church. And we, if we can say I'm talking individually, but I think I could almost also talk as a church, go through that little door. Every time an incident, an instance, a situation comes up, you say, Lord, Lord, I'm willing to go through that little door again. Because that's my calling. That's what God wants me to do. I'm willing to go through that little door again. Not every time will things go my way. Not every time, and I may have the most beautiful thoughts that anybody could ever think, and they may be perfectly right. 
we walk together. Sometimes I have to submit my thoughts. I have some, I've probably told you before, I have some most powerful sermons I've ever preached in my truck as I drive down the road. You ever done that, Brother Clinton? But the fact of the matter is, what matters? God designed us to work together. He didn't put any individual and say, now you go here and you go here. He said, I want my church to come together. I want to be a group of people together. And I want them to be able to walk together and work together. That is my heart. And that is the way. Now, I'm not going to say there can't be some individual out there who has no opportunity to be part of a church, all those kind of things that he can't find heaven. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at God's heart, God's heart says, these are my people. I want you to walk together. So, though I be perfectly right, though I preach the most powerful sermons in my truck driving down the road, and you never hear them, though I... I can give you answers that this is the way to solve this and this way to solve this. And if they would just do this or do that, whatever. Though, that, though I have all those things. Fact of the matter is, I've seen it happen many times. We bring everybody together in a brother's meeting or even as a church as we walk together. There's power there. Jesus didn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against any individual. He said, that, he said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's what we are. We have the marks. Of a true Christian church. Let's stand for prayer. Lord. I'm going to assume, and I don't think I'm wrong, that everyone standing here who has the ability to make a decision is standing here saying, I commit to walking with God. And if there's any standing here that are not willing to say that, Lord, help them to be able to see the need of it. I pray, Father, that you would give us all grace to perform, to, to, to do, to be all those things that you ask of us, both individually and collectively. Oh, God, help us. <clears throat> and I pray, Father, that any word spoken here, Father, that, that we could understand it as if it's been spoken wrong, Father, that you could help all of us, any of us to see the right or the good in what has been said. I pray, Father, for that. <clears throat> Forgive me, Lord, if I have violated anything as I speak this message this morning. And help me to see different if I need to see different. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your works in my life. I want to so that you can say, I know your works and they are good. 
I want to do that individually. I personally want to do that. These, these dear brothers and sisters want to do that, and this church wants to do that. Oh, Father, I pray, give us all grace to walk as a true Christian church. I pray for that, Lord. And I don't pray that because I have doubts. I pray that because I have confidence. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. For your sake. For your glory. For your honor. Nothing about ourselves. We come through that little door with nothing. Except what you have given us. And that's all just life. And we come through that little door and we... And we come on to the other side and say, here I am, Lord, send me. I pray, Father, put your spirit in these hearts of all of these people and, uh, and your spirit rest upon this church. Make it, Father, a glowing testimony, a city on a hill, a candle on a candlestick. Make it that way, Lord. There's... That's what you want to do. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to know, and this is not some romantic, gushy-mushy feeling I have. I love you. All of you. 